0: What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. Now, before we go ahead and get started, I want to go ahead and tell you guys about Disrupt Week. Now, Disrupt Week is an amazing, amazing event. It's a week-long, yes, you heard me right, a week-long networking entrepreneurship-based event in San Juan, Puerto Rico. My God, you want to go network with somebody? Go network in paradise. Network in San Juan, Puerto Rico. From October 19th to October 26th, Disrupt and Build Your Empire are hosting this event Disrupt Week to help bring 50-plus speakers and 500-plus attendees together to network and make the world a better place. Now, if you want to come to this event and listen from speakers like Anthony Delgado, Chris Delgado, <clears throat> Casey Adams, John Malott, Alex Quinn, uh, Sam Bakhtiar, Stephen Campolo, the list goes on and on and on and on. If you want to hear from people like this, go ahead and hit me up in my DMs on Instagram at Chase underscore Henderfit. Let's go to Puerto Rico, baby. Let's make it happen. Now, that's it for that. Let's continue on with the show. Welcome to the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy show, where we speak with elite individuals and top performers and sing what it takes to stay healthy and get wealthy. Are you ready to be elite? Are you ready to be part of the 1%? Well, then, without further ado, let's get it. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy. Today, I am joined by a legendary entrepreneur. He's doing amazing things with Disrupt Puerto Rico. He's throwing a huge event in Puerto Rico as well, Disrupt Week. He is, I mean, he's been in Forbes, Entrepreneur, IBM. This guy's amazing. Today, we have Anthony Disrupt Delgado. How you doing, Anthony?
1: I'm good, brother. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely,
0: man. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, I know you, you had seen Alex Quinn's episode. And you reached out to me, and we'd spoken in a little bit, and I'm glad we were able to hook this up.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you, Chase. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Really good friends with Alex Quinn. He's actually going to be coming down to Puerto Rico to speak at our next mastermind. So super pumped to be in a good circle of people like you guys.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So for those of you who do not know who Anthony Delgado is, you should because this guy is making waves in Puerto Rico. But for those of you who don't know, Anthony, do you mind giving us a little bit of, of your backstory of what got you
1: where you are today? Sure. So my name is Anthony Delgado. I've been a software developer, serial entrepreneur, and online marketer for the last 10 plus years. I used to have a resume at one point in my career that said like, digital marketing mastermind and it had like my picture on it before like you were supposed to do that but yeah long story short i mean i grew up like a child of the internet was like flipping stuff on ebay when i was like in high school and my mother was a computer programmer in the 80s so really just grew up with the internet before it was a thing and i've kind of rode a lot of different waves and and watched a lot of things happen and a lot of circles kind of come full circle so like one of them is like bots, right? Like everyone right now is like the craze, oh, Facebook bots. Like that's been around forever. It's been around since AOL. We used to just call it like spam and now it's like, oh, bots, it's automation. I'm like, okay, I think I saw this trick before, but we can play this game. But uh, but yeah, man, so I've been in the digital space for, you know, 10 plus, I've been probably going on 15, 20 years, depending on when you want to count it. I mean, in second grade, I had a freaking computer and my mom showed me how to use a computer with no mouse. So it was like just typing in commands and yeah, learned how to make money on the internet, dropped out of college, kind of looked at college and was like, huh, like, uh, I don't want to get out of college and be a hundred thousand dollars in debt and make $30,000 a year. Like it just didn't seem like a good deal when I could make, you know, more than that in a month, uh, flipping stuff on eBay. And then been down with the, with the internet marketers ever since, uh, my friend, Paul Getter, he said, oh, you give me faith in digital marketing, that there's still some good people out there. So I definitely take that as a compliment. And yeah, I mean, the big thing, uh, the reason a lot of people know me, I was kind of behind the scenes for a lot of years. And the reason why most people know me is due to my work in Puerto Rico. So after Hurricane Maria struck the island of Puerto Rico, I found a problem that was bigger than myself. We went down to Puerto Rico, we gave away 300 solar panel lights, we board and supplies. That's actually where I am right now. And then my job, moved to Puerto Rico, and been down here ever since. And we started our entrepreneurial movement, which is uh, disruptive.
0: That's absolutely amazing. I mean, you were able to go and do something that was much bigger than yourself. Because I know a lot of people, they go into business or entrepreneurship, trying to find just a problem in the marketplace. But what you did is that you solved the problem on a, on a more global scale. You went to another country to help them kickstart an entire economy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I took some inspiration from some of the greatest leaders of our time. And I realized that no one's gonna give you permission to do the things that you wanna do, do these great things. You kinda just have to take it. Yeah. And so like Gandhi, no one gave, Gandhi wasn't an elected official. I'm not comparing myself to Gandhi, but he wasn't an elected official. He just said, hey, India, my problem, it's me. And like, nobody chose him, he chose himself. Um, So I took the same approach as a lot of other great leaders that uh, just took it upon themselves to make something bigger than themselves their problem. And I chose Puerto Rico, you know, Gandhi took responsibility for 3 billion people with a B. Um, There's only 3 million in Puerto Rico. So if if he could take responsibility for a big giant country of India, my little Island in in the Caribbean, my little Island of Puerto Rico, I I think I can handle it.
0: Totally doable in that respect. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what was it about the Puerto Rican, because like, uh, I know they had the power outage and that's kind of one of the main reasons you went over there. What was it about Puerto Rico that really spoke to you that this is the place that I needed to go help out?
1: Definitely. So, I mean, I have family um, in Puerto Rico. I used to come as a kid and then I got disconnected. My grandfather passed away. I got really, really disconnected from that side of my life, my culture. And I have tons of friends in New York who a lot of them are Puerto Rican. They never even been here. So my grandfather, I'm really grateful because he made it his legacy to bring us back and forth as kids. And then I hadn't been here for almost 20 years. On my 30th birthday, I came, but like as a tourist and I like stayed in a resort and like right, rode a jet ski. And and I remember even back then, this was before the hurricane, looking around and I was like, there needs to be like a WeWork here or something. And like, there's so much potential. I saw all these big buildings and a lot of them were like vacant, like for for, for rent or for lease or whatever. And I was like, it's so beautiful. There's just some opportunity here. And then, you know, whatever, went back to my 9 to 5. And then when Hurricane Maria happened, we sent over pallets of water, me and a friend of mine, Eufemio, And then we saw the water wasn't getting where it needed to go. So we took it amongst ourselves to book one-way tickets and come out here. So it was just, it was no big nonprofit. It was just a bunch of crazy Puerto Ricans. And then not even the only Puerto Ricans, people from all races that came down here, Mexican people, white people. Uh, one, one kid was from Africa, like all these different crazy people. Um, and then they saw what we were doing on social media. More people came down. Um, and it was great. I mean, we did the best that we could. Went door to door, giving people water and, and lights. And the thing that I realized was the biggest problems were economic, right? So, like, my first question was, like, is there Wi-Fi? Because if there's Wi-Fi, I could be in Puerto Rico as long as I want to be. And I'm Mr. America with my American Express card, and I could buy all the water I want. And it was really people who were not in a good financial situation prior that then this situation made it worse, right? If you have money, you could buy a backup generator, you could buy solar panels, you could buy water, you could, like there's stuff, you could, you could leave, you could hop on a plane and leave. It was the people that like financially they weren't doing that well, they couldn't leave. They didn't have the resources to leave. They couldn't buy a backup generator. They couldn't, um you know, buy solar panels or do any of these things. And then this national disaster like makes it worse. So, you know, the thesis that I came up with was that technology, innovation, entrepreneurship can help transform the island. And instead of like looking for a handout, instead of like going to the government and being like, oh, daddy, save me, like empower people to make financial freedom for themselves, to empower themselves to start online businesses, to you know uh, generate money on a global scale using the power of the internet, the same thing that I've used in my life. And if we could awaken uh, people to the possibilities and the opportunities that are here, I feel like that's the way to make the biggest impact.
0: That's amazing. Being able to see that potential and being able to see the opportunity for such growth is absolutely amazing, man. Um, in order to do that, how would you go about doing that? Because I know you have your company disrupt. What do you guys do? How do you go about creating that economy?
1: So as an organization, we exist to empower the next generation of thought leaders, developers, creators, and entrepreneurs to learn new skills, grow their careers, and chase their passions. So how do we do that? Um, our global campuses and pop-up workshops are on a mission to help eradicate poverty. So we do workshops, we do meetups, we do events, we have mastermind programs, online learning programs, offline learning programs. And our thesis is augmented education. So we don't want to replace the existing education. Uh, In Puerto Rico... The highest percentage of college-educated people are right here on this island, more than any other state, more than any other state in the United States. Everyone's going to college, so we don't want to. We don't want to stop that. College is a great institution, um, but it definitely is outdated. the The curriculums change every ten years. Meanwhile, the business landscape is changing every ten minutes. So rather than going and saying like, "Hey, kids, you shouldn't go to college," we're not saying that. We're saying like, "Hey, kids, go to college and take an online course. Go to college." And find a mentor, go to college and go to a conference, go to a mastermind, go to an event. Um, So we host these events down in Puerto Rico and the event really, I grew a lot of inspiration from the South by Southwest event that happens in uh, Austin, Texas. So Austin, Texas, for those of you who don't know, uh, has a really growing tech scene. It's probably like maybe number four in the country, three or four, um, almost up there with like New York and San Francisco. And their tech scene grew because of a conference. It started out as a music festival, then it turned into a tech and music festival, and that conference has been going on for 20, 30 years. And every year, uh, new tech people come—people from Twitter, Google, all these like the the. Uh, Gary V. met the founders of Twitter and Uber at South by Southwest. It's like once a year, you go to this big conference. It's like a week-long thing, and um, and it's fun. Like People go to have fun, kind of like Coachella, um, but they also go to go to these conferences and learn and go to these meetups and stuff like that. So that was my vision. Um, I, I went to South by Southwest the year before Hurricane Maria, and then when it happened, I was like, we need something like this in Puerto Rico. We need the South by Southwest of the Caribbean to get people from all around the world to come, and then they can see the opportunity. Um because the fact of the matter is we don't have a lack of like technical talent or smarts. Like I said, a lot of people are college educated, but what we do have a lack of is entrepreneurship and startups. Um, and that's growing. There's great companies like parallel 18 um, companies like brain High that, that are fostering that ecosystem. Um, but we need more of it because we need jobs here. What happens is the kids, they get educated and then they go to New York or San Francisco to seek those opportunities. Um, so the more startups that we have here, the more companies that we have headquartered here, the better, um, and that's why we started the conference. So the, the name of it is This Sharp Week. It's a one-week event uh, where we have seven days of meetups and then seven nights of after parties, events, networking events, happy hours. And the idea is that if you had no idea, you, you knew nothing about the startup ecosystem in Puerto Rico, um, after one week, you would know all about the startup ecosystem, all about Puerto Rico, with the possibilities, the opportunities to do business here. Uh, there's some crazy tax incentives if you move down here, for example. So if you come down here and you start a company, it's 0% capital gains as an individual and 4% corporate tax as a company. Um, so there's a lot of uh, crazy people like Jason Capital, uh, Brock Pierce, and a lot of other really influential entrepreneurs who have moved down here for you know to take advantage of those benefits. And then we have really strong internet. So it's part of the United States, Puerto Rico. um, it's like a two-hour flight from Miami. There's a there's a fiber link that goes from uh, Puerto Rico down to Miami. So there's really fast internet. Um, it's part of the United States. You don't need a passport to get here, and there's crazy tax incentives to move here. And it's a really great like work-life balance, right? Like you can like work really hard and then like go jump off a waterfall in the afternoon. Um, like I'm 30 minutes from the rainforest and I do that on a regular basis. Like on a regular basis, I'm like, oh, let's go to rainforest today or hey, let's go to some amazing, beautiful beach. There, there's a beach here. There's actually out of five in the world, bioluminescent means the water glows in the dark. There's actually two or I believe three right here in Puerto Rico where the water literally glows in the dark at night. So there's there's so much beautiful stuff here and the ability to have like a really nice work-life balance, be three hours from New York and be able to, you know, work hard, but then also play hard. That's insane. And that actually brings up uh, something I wanted to uh, talk to you about, too, was
0: there was an interview that you did with, I can't remember who it was, but there was like a deciding factor where you're sitting there in the water watching the sunset come up in Puerto Rico
1: like this is it this is this is the good life yeah man i mean that's happened to me a few times one of them was like the first a uh, couple of weeks when i moved here i was actually living in like a one room it was so bad it was so bad um i rented it on craigslist like sight unseen and i was just like i have to go like i was i doesn't matter like i need to go so i'm living in i'm renting a room and The guy who put the ad on Craigslist, he had like a picture, like an emoji of Wi-Fi, an emoji of coffee, and an emoji of the beach. What it didn't have was an emoji of air conditioning. So I'm in this little fucking room. There's no air conditioning. It's a half a window, not even a whole window. It's like boarded up. There's no air. And it's August so freaking bad and but i was a block away from the beach so i would wake up at like 6 a.m before the sun comes out before we get too hot and i would go and i would swim in the ocean i would watch the sunrise and i just remember thinking like like why are people waiting their whole life to live this way right like we're living in new york i feel like we were tricked Like someone lied to us, you know, like people live their whole life. And I think about my mom, right? My mom's getting older. She, um, she was diagnosed with cancer. She's been battling that. And I'm just like, fuck, like she's lived 60 plus years and she wakes up every day and there's like pollution in the air. And it's like, it's, it's not a good quality of life. And I'm just like, why are people waiting to die to live? Right, They tell us this lie like, hey, work a nine to five, work your whole fucking life. And and then maybe when you're 90 years old or 70 years old or whatever, you could retire. And then maybe you have a couple of years left where you can enjoy your life. And it's like, no, like it shouldn't be like that. And that's one of the things that I love about the culture here. There is a huge work-life balance. It's kind of like Europe in, in a lot of ways where uh, you know, you're encouraged to to take time off. If you need to, you're encouraged to take your lunch break. You're encouraged to enjoy your coffee. Like, like I go out to restaurants a lot and they never ask you for the check. They never bring you the check. Like, if you want to sit there, you could sit there for hours. They will never, ever bring you the check unless you ask for because they're not in a rush. It's a different type of a culture where it's like, no, enjoy your food. Um, uh, when per vetro, it means like bon appetit or enjoy your meal. And literally it doesn't matter if you're in McDonald's or you're in a 12 star restaurant. When anyone walks past you and you're eating, when per enjoy your food, enjoy your meal, enjoy your meal. It's complete strangers because they have a culture of you enjoying your life. When you walk out, um, of your, uh, house in the morning, people say good morning literally look you in your face it's kind of similar to southern hospitality um but even to like a higher extent where people you know they, they focus on like the basics of life instead of like feeling like you're in a rat race right that's that's a
0: that just learning that cultural difference kind of is still it's weird to me because even then like I live I mean like right now I'm in a college town I go I'm in Tallahassee Florida and even then, it's still stressful. Like the whole, the environment of just being in the US is just stressful. You gotta go, 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 go. I might just get a one-way flight, man. That, sound,
1: that sounds nice. <laughs> well, you, would, you wouldn't be the only one. Crazy, so each year we, we host these events and we've had people that move down here. Each time we do an event, there's, there's always a few people that are either booking book one-way flights, canceling their flights back, um, or, or returning in a few weeks, um, and they see the opportunity to really just live a better life. Dude, you're going to die. We're all going to die. So like, while you're here, you need to enjoy yourself. You need to actually live a life that's worth living. Um, and again, like I'm super ambitious. Like it doesn't matter where you you put me on Mars and I'm still going to be ambitious. Um, so taking someone who has that kind of city hustle mentality and you come to a place like Puerto Rico. Instantly, your stress level is going to decrease. And the funny thing is, when your stress level decreases, your IQ, your intelligence increases. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that. Exercise increases your intelligence. Um, swimming and breathing heavy um, increases your intelligence. Uh, LSD is like a drug that some people use in microdoses, like very small amounts, to increase their intelligence. And they found that you can get the exact same result by hyperventilating. By literally just breathing a lot. And then when do you breathe a lot? When you're swimming, when you're doing outdoor activities, when you're getting sunshine, when you're running, when you're jogging, all of those things. And the fact of the matter is like your immune system when you're in a city, your immune system is on high alert because it's getting chemicals. So your whole immune system 24 hours a day is like, whoa, danger. Uh, This is not healthy. Something is not right here. And as soon as you come to Puerto Rico, you're in the middle of the ocean. So there are cars, obviously, there's some sort of pollution, Um, but you're in the middle of the ocean. So a lot of the air that you're breathing is fresh ocean air and the sky is blue. All you see is like a lot of blue and a lot of green. And we have natural receptors in our brain that react differently to seeing blue and green. And instantly when you go back to uh, a city that's not like this, uh, when I go back to New York and I see the gray sky with the pollution and the really dark colored buildings instantly my mindset starts to shift i start to get depressed now because now my brain is like wait this is supposed to taste like wait this is not what the sky is supposed to look like and it actually affects your mood and your performance um so i'm really gonna wake people up even if it's not puerto rico it could be bali i mean there's tons of places my whole thing is puerto rico um but really with the power of the internet, there's no longer a need for you to live in a big city, right? Like I do business, almost all my customers are in New York City. I'm in Puerto Rico. I come back and forth um, a few times a year, but there's no need for you to be in a big city. You used to have to travel to big cities to do commerce. That's no longer the case. I got off the phone with an influencer in India uh, this afternoon that wants to work with us and and partner with us and come on a retainer and and, uh, work with us. So like, There's no longer a need for you to be tied to a geographical location. You can do business with anyone in the world.
0: That's why. It's living that laptop lifestyle.
1: Yeah. Hashtag laptop lifestyle. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Question. What's fueling the fire right now? Because, I mean, you're just, you're so, I mean, just talking to you, you're so calm, but you're so driven. Like, what's fueling that fire?
1: I think what's fueling the fire? I think a lot of it has to do with me wanting my future self to be proud of what I've created. So I'm really future focused. Like, and, and I'm kind of okay with failing in the short term. I'm okay with, um, with making sacrifices along the way because I know that I have a bigger vision and a bigger purpose. Um, We unveiled right after we came back from Puerto Rico, we unveiled a a blueprint for a school, a physical building, a school that we want to build here in Puerto Rico. And, you know, for the first year, to be honest with you, we kind of talked about it for a couple of months and then we stopped talking about the physical location. And then a few months, maybe a month ago, we went to an event uh, with my friend Simon in the Hamptons. That's actually where I met uh, Alex Quinn in person. We, We were friends on the Internet, but that's where I met him in person. And that event was held in the glass house and our rendering for the school in Puerto Rico was a glass house, almost identical to the physical structure that I was in. And I had already started to kind of get the itch to start focusing on building the school again. And then I was there and I was like, Oh my God, I'm sitting in the freaking thing that I visioned that I had summer and architect uh, draw up. And then at that same meeting I met, someone, uh, his name is Dallas that does, uh, investment properties. And I got on a phone call with him and he told me how he he structures them and things of that nature. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is like, I'm not like, I didn't build the school in a year. That's an ambitious thing to build. I've never even built a freaking lemonade stand, you know? So uh, I never even bought a condo. Right. So I didn't build a school in a year. Um, but I'm much more focused on like 20 years from now. Where am I going to be like, what is, what is the big vision? And I understand that all the steps along the way are going to help us to get there. So, you know, the, the first event we've, we've done, we've done three events so far. We're working on the fourth. The first event we lost money. Money came in, but money went out just as quickly, you know, throwing an event, for, especially for that many days, it's expensive. Um. So the first event we lost money, but I'm okay with that because I know that I have a bigger vision at hand. And at the place that I'm at now, there's just so much momentum. And it's really me, um, not only making my future self proud, but also like my kids and um, the next generation, like that when my kids is not only like, like, maybe I'm gonna have one or two kids, but like our kids, right? Like the next generation, what are we gonna leave behind? And then what is the impact that I'm gonna be able to have on other people? Like so many people don't believe in themselves, and, you know, part of our credo is that we're living proof that all you need to succeed is Wi-Fi and a dream. So it's like my life is the documentation to prove to you that you can do it because if I'm fucked up, if I can do it, I'm listening. I, I don't come from anything. I come from my, my father was not around. Um, my mother was a single mother, you know, lower middle class, uh, working hard. I was a troublemaker. I was getting kicked out of schools left and right and getting into fights, getting locked up, all sorts of crazy shit, right? So if I can fucking create something, then what's your excuse? So it's more of like me being my own case to study to then awaken other people to their own greatness.
0: That's amazing, man. I love hearing the stories, especially like of people who like, who start, you know, maybe down here, but then they're like, you know what, I can make something of myself. I can make something bigger, something bigger than myself. And then now look at you go. You got disrupted in Puerto Rico. You're changing. You're changing an entire country. That's amazing.
1: Thank you, brother. Yeah, and I mean, it's sick. I mean, I look at what the hell we've done in the last year, and I just laugh. It's like things that people probably wanted to do their whole lives. Um, and I, I never was a, like, a, like a flashy guy. Like, I was always behind the scenes. I would made a couple of YouTube videos, and I used to just do a screen share because I didn't want to have my face. If you go on my YouTube channel, like the o- earlier videos, is just a screen share. And, um... And then I look at like the past year and a half, two years of building this brand and doing what we've been doing. And, you know, we collaborated with Ty Lopez, uh, Grant Cardone, Gerard Adams is my business partner for a year and a half uh, to two years. He actually came out and spoke. I'm really grateful for that. Uh, we're collaborating with, with Jamila, Casey Adams for this one. So this next one, Build Your Empire is an official partner. And uh, we're collaborating with him, uh, Charlie rock like, it like like i look at my text messages sometimes and i just laugh it's like oh hey is this my actual life um but it is and, and we've been able to do this in in such a short period of time and you know i think the reason that we've been so successful is the mission behind it um i think people are inspired by uh what we're doing what we're creating the ability to make an impact um and I think that like five years down the line, we're going to look back and we're going to laugh at the, the amount of hacks that went into creating what we want to create. Um, so like one of the ones that I always talk about is the boat, right? So the first event, um, you know, the Friar Festival? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is before the Friar Festival documentary came out. So Friar Festival had happened. It was a popular thing but the documentaries had not been released yet. So I heard about the Fryer Festival. <laughs> I heard about how much money they made before the event happened. And I send the video to my video guy. I'm like, dude, make a video like this. Like make our video look like this so people will buy tickets. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and so he takes actual Fryer Festival footage. if i find like footage that's similar. No, actual Friar Festival footage and chops it into like footage of me and the other speakers and makes this promo reel, right? So I put it on YouTube. And I hit share Facebook, share uh, LinkedIn, share Twitter, share Reddit. And I put it on freaking Reddit and the, everyone on Reddit recognized the video. They started saying, I hope Ja is not going to be at this conference. And they just started going crazy in the comments. And, uh, and it went like semi-viral or whatever. And it was really, it was really freaking funny. Um, and so I put in the, in the tickets, if you buy a VIP ticket, you get to go on a boat. It's a boat trip with the speakers, right? I don't know where to get a boat. I don't have no idea. There was one company that did boat tours, and the boat tour was, like, super affordable. I don't know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever. And so we were just going to buy all the tickets from that boat tour and and then just buy out the whole tour, right, for as many tickets as we sold. We called a boat. That boat had sunk in Hurricane Maria. It's not even there no more. It's like, sorry, that, that, that boat's not there. So I don't know where the hell we're going to get a boat, right? I leave it on the website. I don't take it off. And then it's a couple of weeks before the conference. And um, my, my guy, Lucci, he's one of the speakers. is like, bro, what's up with that boat, man? I want to make sure I'm on that boat party. Like, make sure I'm on there. I'm like, great. Well, I don't know where we're getting a boat. But uh, if, if you want to help me out and get a, get a boat, I'll make sure you're on the boat. So he sponsored the boat. I didn't even look up boats. Like he called the boat company. He found a yacht. He rented it. He told us what time to show up. All we did was show up on Sunday and there was a boat and he provided it and he rented it. So it went from like an idea to it's in reality. And I think so many people, they think it's the other way around. They think I figure everything out. And then once it's all figured out, it's perfect then I can show it to the world. And it's like, that's not how it works. Like Tesla shows the car to the world before it's ready and says, who wants to pre-order? And he starts accepting a thousand dollars down payments, and he takes all that money and then he freaking builds the car, you know? And like, you have to be willing to take those risks in life. You have to be willing to go out there, put yourself out there, take a risk and say, hey, listen, this is my vision. Who wants to buy into it? Lucci would have never came to me and said, I want to rent a boat. He came to me. Because he saw a boat on the website, he's like, "I want to be a part of this." It's like, "Great, then be a part of it and like help me rent it." Um, and so there are so many. That's that's just one scenario, but there were so many opportunities for us to take the safe route, and we would have been so small versus taking the risk, and then it leads to this huge reward. Um, you know, doing doing the mastermind with Ty Lopez uh, was was another one of those examples where. Um, I get I get invited to uh, Miami to speak at Paul Getter's mastermind. Uh, Paul Getter invites me to uh, Miami to uh, help promote and be a part of, you know, like kind of like a co-organizer in this mastermind with Ty Lopez. Um, crazy freaking opportunity! But like, if anyone would have came to me and said like, "Hey, should you do this?" like my CFO would have been like, "No." Uh, you know, you can't go on a freaking two week long trip to Miami and spend money and spend time and know and focus and and you're not in that position. But then I go down there and I end up closing like $20,000 worth of deals, right? So if I wouldn't have taken the risk and spent like $1,000 on travel, I would have never been able to make $20,000 worth of of business get generated so there's so many and create like amazing content and do a collaboration with Ty Lopez which like a lot of people would kill for and even to this day people hit me up and they're like oh I saw the collaboration you did with Ty Lopez now I want to work with you right so there's all these residuals um that that like you can't quantify like Gary V says like what's the ROI of your mom right like how do I quantify a fucking collaboration with Ty Lopez you can't like I have content now for the rest of my career and I can say, hey, I've worked with Ty Lopez. Here's a video to prove it. Um, so like how much business is going to get generated? I generated $20,000 in business just in one week. And then since then, I have probably generated another $50,000. And like what's going to keep the leap of faith? Scared to say, hey, I'm going to rent a boat. Oh, I don't know where the boats are dude, figure it out. Right. Um, so, so I think the biggest thing is like looking back in 10 years and being able to tell all these stories of leaps of faith that we took and then the ROI that we were able to get from them.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it goes to say with the the cliche saying like low risk, low reward, high risk, high reward. It's true. I mean, you literally took a huge risk, financial risk. Obviously you said your CFO, your CFO would have been like, Oh hell no, but it's still, it still paid off in the end. And that's the thing. So many people are so scared to take that jump. What would you say to those people who are scared to take that kind of
1: risk, that, that jump? You're going to die anyway. Shit doesn't matter. <laughs> You're going to fucking die. What's going to happen? Fear is a made up thing. Fear comes from the time when we were cavemen, when we were monkeys and gorillas and, and we were at real life death situations. That's what fear is designed for. So anytime when you have a fear of, making a business decision, asking for a raise, asking a girl out, taking a business risk, losing money, dude. Okay. You're going to lose money. Great. Are you going to freaking die? No, you're not going to die. Like literally if you live in America, there's a social safety net. Like forget if you have a family, like you probably wouldn't even have to use the social safety net because you probably have a family or a friend or a couch that you can live on or whatever the fuck. But, even if all your friends and family freaking died and it's just you, there's social safety net You're not going to die. You're not going to fucking die. I was homeless for like a week when I was 18 years old. Um, my mom kicked me out and uh, we got into like a fight. So I was like couch surfing from like friends' places. And like that built my character so much because I realized like, okay, whatever. Like I don't really need that much to live. Like, like I can figure it out. Right. And like, we have all these fears that are like, they're not realistic. I've had my heart broken so many times that like, I mean, i probably, I'm kind of a softie, So I, I think getting my heart broken again, I probably will get it broken, but I'm not as scared as I used to be. Right. And it's all these things in life where like, oh, it's scary until it isn't. It's scary to jump off a waterfall until you jump, you know, or the thing that I like to say is your emails are really scary until you jump off a waterfall. Right. And it's like, dude, at the end of the day, you're going to take a business. Who the fuck cares? Like the one thing I did a rant the other day, and I was talking about how like money is never the payment because the money you're going to spend it. Like, unless it's like a bazillion dollars, like you take a client for like $5,000 client, right? You're going to spend that money. You're not going to have that money next year. It's going to get spent one way or another. Like you're, that money's not going to be there. Like even if you put it in a, in a savings, Like you're still, that money is not going to change your life. $5,000 is not going to change your life. What is going to be there is the referral, right? And a lot of people, a lot of, especially the first time entrepreneurs, they do this all wrong. They get a client and they probably don't charge $5,000. They probably charge $500, right? They get a client for $500 and then they say, okay, well, he only paid me $500. So fuck this guy. I'm not going to give him good quality service. But the thing is, the payment is not the $500. The payment is the referral, is the fact that you can do a good job, that you can go and say, listen, I did this thing and I did a great job. Ty Lopez didn't pay me to freaking bring investors to his event. We brought a bunch of millionaires to his event to invest in his companies. I didn't get paid for that, but I can say I did a thing with Ty Lopez and now I have a video and that video looks amazing and we have photos and those photos look amazing. Who's who would I be spiting if the video that I created looks like shit, and that's my work? Oh well, Ty didn't pay me, so we did a shitty job. No, that's fucking dumb. My payment is not the money. My payment is the experience. And um, this goes to like another quick story. Uh, I read an article when I was 16 years old in Entrepreneur magazine and talked about a black guy who's like one of the first African American millionaires or something, and he worked in Taco Bell for. 10 years, became a general manager, learned everything that was about Taco Bell, and then went and started a chicken franchise. He has them all around Texas. And now he's a multimillionaire. And it was because he was not looking at Taco Bell like, oh, I'm getting paid $10 an hour. That's what I'm getting paid. He looked at it as an education. He went to Taco Bell every day and said, this is a million dollar organization, multi-billion dollar organization that has a formula for food service. So I'm going to learn that formula and then when I leave, I'm going to apply it to the chicken industry that I want to be in, right? So it's too many people, they're, they're, they're transactional. They have an employee mindset. They say they want to be entrepreneurs, but they have an employee mindset. You give me a dollar, I give you a dollar's worth of value. That's not how you build a, a legacy. That's not how you build a brand. That's not how you build a company. You build a, a, a legacy, you build a, a giant organization by, hey, you give me 50 cents and I give you a dollar's worth of value back. Cause then people are going to be coming all, all year round. McDonald's does this. They sell you a burger. They like lose money on the burgers. Those dollar burgers that they sell, they're not making money. They lose like 20 cents. They, they do that so you can buy fries and a drink. Fries and a drink, they have a higher margin. So they sell you 10 cents worth of soda for a dollar. And they sell, sell you a dollar 20s worth of burger for a dollar. Right? So they like lose a little bit, but they make it up on all the other shit that you're going to buy. Um, you know, Walmart does the same thing. They have loss leaders. Um, so the thing is you want to make sure that you're over delivering on value and not being so transactional. The the reward is not in the dollar amount of one single transaction. It's in the legacy that you, that you create and what you do, what does your portfolio look like? What does that story look like? I want to do a good job because when you look at my portfolio, you're like, Oh my God, I want to work with Anthony. Look at all the things he's done. Absolutely. That's
0: wow. That was a really good Really good rant right there. That was that was quality. Now that's gonna be that's gonna be content for the ages.
1: <laughs> well, no, and it's so important. I mean, I go on my little tangents, but but it's the truth. I mean, dude, you're gonna die, and when you're left over, the money's not gonna matter. And and in this digital age, it's pretty cool because whatever you create is gonna be there. Like this podcast is gonna be there after we're gone. Right? It's gonna be sitting up there on iTunes or whatever. Um. So if you're going to do a podcast, why not have it be the best podcast? If you're going to do an interview, why not be the best interview? If you're going to create a website, if you're going to create an app, you're going to create a video, whatever you're going to create, let it be the best that you can do so that when you die, you know that all your stuff is used up, right? So many people are like, oh, I've I like, no one ever regrets taking a risk. They regret not taking risks, right? So like, take that leap of faith, take that jump, and, and one of the things I learned is from Dan Locke. Don't ever say, I can't afford it. Say, how can I afford it? How can this make me money? Right? So when I went and took the trip down to Miami, I wasn't saying, oh, I can't afford the, the trip. I can't afford the hotel or whatever. I said, no, how can this trip make me money? How while I'm in Florida doing what I want to do. How can I generate an income from this, right? Oh, you want to buy a fancy car? Great. How can that car make you money? How can you turn that liability into an asset? Um, and then when you come at it that way, there's nothing that you can't accomplish.
0: Right. That's a, that's a huge point. I love the quote that Dan Locke says on that because, you know, when you sit there and you say you can't afford something, like everything in your brain just shuts up. It's done. It tri- like that whole transaction. Well, whole-
1: right. Whatever you say, this is an even simpler one. Whether you say you can do it or you say you can't, you're right.
0: Uh, dude, I've got that written up on my wall somewhere. I can't find it. <laughs> it's like, that's so true. Because like, if you say you can't do something, you're not going to try. But if you say you can, you're going to figure out a way to do it. If you try to sit there and you go like, how can I afford this? You're going to go, okay, uh, maybe I could you know, flip this thing. Or maybe I can get like one or two more clients and I'll be able to go on this trip. It's huge. That's all it takes It's just
1: one simple word shift. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to um, to Tony Robbins' Business Mastery. Which is a ten thousand dollar course. A ten thousand dollar course is fucking crazy. It's like the the reasonable me is like, what? Why would you do that? Um, right? But it's like, okay, you're gonna do it, and then what are you gonna create while you're there? And the fact of the matter is, I know that one conversation can generate twenty x that, a thousand x that. You know, and when you go into it with that mindset, I don't know, I've never been uh, let down. Like I started going to events in like 2015 um, and then started hosting them probably 2017 and the ROI from both sides is freaking exponential. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, they say like, this is super cliche, but, but it's true. You know, your net worth, your network is your net worth, right? The more people that you're around, even if you don't do business with them, that one idea, that one conversation that you have with that one guy, all of a sudden, now you're applying it. Um. So even if you don't do business with the people at a conference, at an event, there's one little idea that if you apply it in your business repeatedly, you'll get a huge return on your investment.
0: Oh, massive return. I mean, it's just it was just this year where I started going to events as well. And like it's been crazy because most of the people I've had on my show have been because of these events. Like I've either met them at an event or they're like, oh, like we met at this event. Like I know somebody who wants to come on your show. It's like, it, it, it's like a cascade effect. And it's just all about getting out there, you know, getting outside of your shell and being willing to talk to people, to network, to to collaborate. It's huge.
1: Definitely brother, definitely. And that's why we created the, the Disrupt Events. Um, so we have a couple of different event series. Uh, Disrupt week is a whole week conference down here in Puerto Rico. Uh, we have Disrupt Masterminds, which are two to three days, um, two days of content, and then like a bonus day where we jump in waterfalls and some fun stuff. Um, and and then we just started a new event with CoverGirl uh, called Girls Who Disrupt. So that's happening in Times Square. Uh, we do it a few times a year, right in Times Square at the CoverGirl headquarters. and uh, And it's just like all female entrepreneurs, female empowerment. And... Yeah, I mean, one conversation, one person that you can meet, you know, one little tidbit. And these events, uh, especially like the Sharp Week, week, the, the one that's coming up October 25th and 6th. Dude, there's so many amazing people. We have um, Sam Bacardi is coming down. He is, uh, is a multimillionaire, came from nothing, came over here from Iran um, and built a huge empire. He has a really dope podcast now, too, that you should check out. We, we got John Malat. He did like $200 million last year. All these crazy people, Casey Adams, who's freaking 18 years old, built a whole brand from nothing. Now he's doing collaborations with freaking Gary Vee and all these people. And literally, like one nugget, it's like, like you could literally miss half the conference. And if you come for half a day and you get one valuable piece of information, you apply it in your business, the returns that you're gonna get are crazy. And the thing is, you have to surround yourself with other people. Like when you go to school, when you go to kindergarten. They just stick you in a room with like whoever, right? Like you don't get to choose those people. Um, but as you become an adult, you have the opportunity to choose your circle. You know, they say like the rich get richer, right? A big part of that is because they go to different schools. They hang out with different people. Their environments are super controlled. So the, the fact that you have the ability to network with other successful entrepreneurs, a lot of that stuff is going to rub off. And again, it might not be a specific tactic. A lot of times it will be, um, but even if it's not a specific tactic, ways of being, ways of speaking, ways of interacting with a team. There's all these things that if you're really attentive, you're paying attention, they'll rub off. Um, I recently went to the Warren Buffett uh, shareholders conference, right? So it's like the one time a year where you can hear Warren Buffett speak. And he speaks to all his investors that invest in this company. So it's like a freaking stadium. It's like a, like a basketball stadium or something really huge. And he speaks live. And I'm not an investor in, in Warren Buffett's companies. So like a lot of stuff he's saying, it's like, I care, but like, I don't really care. But more than just what he was saying, I was paying attention to the way he was saying. I was paying attention to the way he interacts with his team. Right, he, he was really big on like promoting and, and giving praise to all the people on his team and giving thanks to people. And there was all these things that I was learning from him that were not tangible things. He wasn't like, hey, well, this is a, a hashtag to use on Instagram. It'll get you engaged. Like It wasn't tactical, um, things that I was learning. He was talking about companies that I don't um, own. But I was learning from the, the way that he was interacting with his team, interacting with his company. So, like, even if it's not a tangible thing, which, sure, you'll learn a lot of tangible things, um, just being around successful people uh, will rub off.
0: Right. That kind of goes into, uh, what is it, Alex Quinn's Hustle Inspires Hustle. Honestly, it's like just seeing people hustle makes you want to hustle. And just being around those, you know, the shareholders at that shareholder conference, you, you're surrounded by so much wealth and so much, uh, like, this huge money mindset. That you're just, it, it inspires you to keep going forward and make wealth for
1: yourself. Well, yeah, and it, and it expands you, right? Like, if you're hanging out with a bunch of people who are worried about, like, small stuff, you're going to be worried about small stuff. If you're hanging out with a bunch of people that are worried about big stuff, automatically your brain starts to expand, right? Like, I can't even, like, I grew up in an urban environment, bro. Like, I can't even tell them I'm spending $10,000 to a to see Tony Robbins. They're not going to believe me. Like, I don't, I'm not even going to have the conversation with them. Because like they're gonna put so many extra limiting beliefs in my head that it's like it's not even. I used to hang out with the people that are like, oh yeah, ten thousand, whatever. Because if I hang out with those people, all of a sudden I'm gonna start being like, oh yeah, ten thousand, whatever, and it starts expanding me, you know. Um, people, it's so funny. Like money is such a, such a, cultural thing. Like what what's a lot of money to someone else is like nothing to other people. Um I, I hung out with a billionaire for a couple of weeks down here in Puerto Rico. He moved uh he moved down here to Puerto Rico and I, I showed him around, I helped him set up his his uh companies and stuff. He he had like a seven hundred million dollar exit and hung out with him, went surfing with him, uh went to dinner a bunch of times. And it's funny that like he was like, $10,000, I'll set it on fire right now. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, literally, like, I'll set it on fire. Like, I don't care about that. Um, and it was such a different way of being that I realized, like, things are things are only worth, and I, I mean, I've known this for years, but things are worth what other people are willing to pay for them, right? So, like, for him, um, you know, getting his paperwork set up was worth millions of dollars just to do his paperwork. Cause he's going to save that on taxes. Right. A pair of Yeezys for him is worth nothing. He does not care about a pair of Ye- little, doesn't even know what they are. First of all. And even if he did, he d- d- does not care. He probably will not pay more than like $20. Right. Like does not care about a pair of Yeezys. But so there's different values of different things and, and everything is based on perspective right? So for you to do your taxes down in Puerto Rico and refinance, it's only worth a couple thousand for you to do that. But for him, he's going to save so much on his taxes that he literally did not care about anything, any expense in that way, because that was what it was worth to him. And different things are worth different things to other people. And that's why like a lot of people that do digital agency work or consulting work, right? Like it takes just as much time to close a big deal as it does to close a small deal. It just does. You're just selling to the wrong people, right? It takes right. just as much time. Grant Cardone talks about this in real estate, right? You could sell a, a million dollar house or a freaking $100,000 house, right? It's going to take the same amount of time. People got to come, they got to see the house, you got to do the paperwork, you know? So why not expand yourself? Why not work on bigger things, you know? Um And so I think the more that people kind of wake up to that, again, the person that's doing the $500 deal, probably a lot of times could be charging more, but they don't have the confidence in themselves. And that's another great thing that you get from, from going to these conferences and these events, because you start to see, oh, wow, my same service that I value here, the market really values here. And then you have the confidence to actually charge more. Um, for your products and services. And now you're making more from the exact same products.
0: Absolutely. Actually, uh, that reminds me, I can't remember what big company did it, but they did like like a quote unquote study where they had, I think it was Microsoft, where they had one team sell a product at a lower ticket price and they had another sales team sell the same product at a higher ticket price. Guess which team sold the most? The high ticket. They sold the same. So it really, it was the same. Like each sales team, they sold the same amount. didn't matter what the price was. It was just the fact that like money doesn't matter. People are going to buy the product. You just have to, you know, it's the whole thing you're talking about. Like it's the, you can, you can price your stuff higher. People are still going to buy it.
1: That's the thing. Well, that kind of reminds me of, um, did did you see what Payless did? The social experiment? No, what did they do? Well, so Payless made a store called like Pali. And made it like upscale and put the same shoes, the same Payless shoes, they put in a store called like Pali. And then they did like a grand opening. They had like influencers come and take pictures, had all these people coming in. Oh, I love these shoes. They're so sophisticated, put really high price tags on them. Um, and And then that was their social experiment to say like, hey, our shoes are just as good, but you can pay less for them. Um, but now, simultaneously, Payless is going out of business. They're, they're uh, filing bankruptcy, like, maybe a year later after they did that. That was, like, a publicity stunt. What they actually should have done is really done that. Because if they really would have created a high-end brand, they would have been able to have a higher prof- profit margin, right? People don't want to buy things because they're cheap sometimes. Like, you see a product. Um, we I used to work in a digital marketing agency uh, where we would bid on, like, government contracts. And we used to lose contracts because we came in too low. Um, we bid on a contract for the U.S. Uh, Air Force. And, yeah, we, we bid, I don't know, we bid like a half a million. And they were like, bro, you came in way too low. Everybody was like three or four million. Like, we got scared. We saw that number. It was too low. We got scared and we didn't want to do it. Right? So, like, a lot of times you think, oh, it's a race to the bottom. Oh, if I'm cheaper, people will pick me. Um, the only people that'll pick you when you're the cheapest are the cheap people. The people that have money, they don't want a cheap product. I want to spend more because I want to get higher quality, right? I don't want to buy something cheap because if I buy something cheap, it's not going to be good, right? Um, and and like, in a way, it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy because if I charge you $500 for a product, even if it's the same promise, Right. I will grow your Instagram for $500, right? And I charge you $500. Or I will grow your Instagram for $5,000 and this is the same product. I'm going to work harder for the $5,000. I will do things that I wouldn't do for the $500, right? I will get a team together. For the $5,000, I'll get a whole team together. I'll go above and beyond. Whereas the $500 thing, I'm just like, oh, I don't even care. I'll give you the $500 back. I don't even care, right? Yeah. Um, so it's like almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whereas... The higher uh, product is, the better quality service that you can and will be able to give um, for, for that thing. Same thing with Apple, right? Apple sells phones at a premium. Their phones aren't cheap, right? They're not the cheapest phones on the market. Um, but if my phone gets, gets water, I just walk into the Apple store and it's like, I don't know, it doesn't turn on anymore. They give me a new phone. They come out, just give me a new phone. You know, Because they are charging a premium, they can afford to do that. They can afford to have a cool white store or whatever the hell, you know, because they're charging a premium. They can afford to have all the phones be made of metal and the laptops be made of metal because they're charging a premium. So, so charging a premium allows you to provide a higher quality of service and you're going to get better customers. Like better customers will pay more. They don't want to pay less.
0: Right. That, I mean, that goes to uh, like one of, my, one of the things I look at uh, when it comes to if you want to compete in a market, you either A, have to lower your prices or B, provide more value you can lower your prices all day, but it's like, it looks, it looks cheap. It looks like it might be bad, but if you're providing more and more value, it's like, Whoa, okay. These people care. And that's when you can start, uh, you know, charging even more, whatever products or service you may have, you just gotta be willing to provide that value to people. Definitely. Absolutely, man. Well, Hey Anthony, this has been an amazing conversation. I absolutely loved having you on the show today. Um, if there was one piece, I know you've given a lot of advice on this episode, but if there was one piece of actionable advice that someone could take today to apply to their lives to become a healthier, wealthier version of themselves, what would that be?
1: It would be the name of our last mastermind, which is don't be scared to destroy yourself. We think, we're taught to believe that we're a fixed thing. I am a white guy. Black girl. I am this. I am that. The fact of the matter is, you are a blank canvas. You are nothing. A man is the room that he's in. So you can wake up tomorrow and be whoever the fuck that you want to be. And the only person that can decide that for you is you. So don't be scared to disrupt yourself. Anything, any piece of you, that identity that you want to hang on to, I listen to rock and roll. I listen to this. All those identity pieces that you put on yourself, they can be removed just as easily. And if you're willing to remove them, if you're willing to be the author of your life and treat your life, treat yourself as a blank canvas, there's nothing that you can't create.
0: Fantastic. Boom. Dropping bombs on the show. Awesome. Hey, again, thank you for coming on the show. If anybody wants to connect with you, how can they do so?
1: So go to www.theshrubweek.com. the South by Southwest of the Caribbean. You can come down. You can hang out with me, Jamalot Casey Adams. It's going to be amazing. We're going to either rent a boat or jump off a waterfall on the last day. So definitely come down to Puerto Rico to, to our events, TheShrubWeek.com, And you can also hit me up on Instagram, uh, at TheShrubWeek or at my personal is at anthony.deshrupt.
0: Bang. Hope you all enjoyed the episode this week. And until next time, stay healthy, get wealthy. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. My name is Chase Henderfit. I am your host. And if you have any questions at all, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Chase underscore Henderfit. And I have one favor to ask. Please just share this episode with one person. You never know who it could help impact. And if you share it on your Instagram story, I'll repost it online. So until next time, stay healthy, get wealthy.